0: This is episode 10 of the Rim Pro Report.
1: Welcome to the Rim, Rim, Rim Pro Report. The one and only weekly broadcast for the REM support services industry. Bustling with news. Views. Here's what I believe. And the latest updates. That's just them. This show is full of interesting information. Stories. Yes. Important product and service reviews. Yes. And a cast of industry characters included. (laughs) Record center operators. Shred and destruction vendors. Media and electronic vaulters. Scanners and imaging providers. Take note. This show is for you. Now, here's your host, Tom Adams.
0: Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to the RIM Pro Report. I'm glad you're here. Yes, indeed. This is the 10th episode of the RIM Pro Report. And uh, as a result, this momentous occasion, I've even put on my best shorts and T-shirt for this episode.
1: no freaking reckon you're all dressed up like that for the trash Collector.
0: No, Jethro, you're right. Uh, Jethro uh, stopped by earlier and uh, he noticed how dressed up I was for the show. But uh, no, this is uh, exciting. We've got to the 10th episode so far, and thanks for being part of it. Today's show, we're going to discuss indecent exposure, and we're going to do that with Jeff Ice and Brian Jungeberg from Oswald Logistics. I think it's a fitting follow-up to both Steve Richards and Tom Dumez's interviews from last week. I hope you enjoyed those ones. I thought it was a great show. Again, thanks for listening to us. A couple of quick changes I want to let you know about as we continue to move forward with the show. Uh, one of the things that that I've noticed and heard from different people was they... They kind of wish that the show was in the thirty-minute range because then you know on a drive to work or sort of a one-shot deal. And you know, uh, we have been extending these episodes. Uh, we had I think almost eighty minutes last week, and uh, I agree, uh, it's actually a lot easier to create a show that that is sort of in the thirty-minute zone. And I hope that helps you. I, I want to do them so they're easier to listen to. It's one shot, and so we might actually do a few more of them. Uh, along the way maybe more than once a week if I have enough um, time and energy and capacity to put those shows out there but the goal may be to do sort of one significant interview on a show and then uh, from there, maybe add a few smaller interviews or the additional information that you've grown to love so much on the show. So again, thank you for being a part of it. Hey, we're into uh, almost into September, and I know everyone sort of has been out of the groove, at least if you're, you're in vacation mode through the North American uh, Northern Hemisphere summers. I realize some of our listeners who are from the Southern Hemisphere might be in a different situation, but many of you who are listening to the show might be just getting back into the groove for uh, the fall, and I guess what I want to ask you is to please, now that you're getting back into the groove, let me know what's going on in your world. Let me know what's happening. What are you working on? What's new happening this fall that that uh, you're going to see success in or you're hoping to see success in? I'd love you to share it with the rest of this community. Uh, this is a unique place to do it. It's a unique way to do it. I know there's lots of information for you to read out there that comes out either bi-monthly or even quarterly from the different associations. But uh, this particular medium gives us the ability to con-, con you know have a conversation about it and share that conversation with others. So if you've got something interesting and cool to say, please let me know. I'd love to hear from you. And uh, that includes vendors as well. Uh, Keep me posted on your new products, new services. We can do an interview about it or I can just pass on some of the news that you share with me. So before we go into the interview uh, with Jeff and Brian, I think it's time for this week's news. Here we go. Well, folks, the Bare Metal Conference is coming soon, and uh, notice just today there's a special offer from the leadership team uh, at Bare Metal. If you register before September 1st, you get the special rate of $750 uh, registration fee. Some good things happening at, at that conference. Jack Wiles, who we interviewed a couple of weeks ago, you heard him on the show uh, who was? It was great. He is such an interesting character. You you won't want to miss him, and uh, a great lineup of other speakers and educational events. And even more than that, I think one of the things that I always appreciate about conferences. Uh, is the ability to sit around and talk to people of like mind and really discover what other people are doing and how you can maybe integrate that into your own business. So special thanks to uh, the the team from Bare Metal putting that conference together and the good work they've done in that. And if you have an opportunity to go to Baltimore and be a part of that, I strongly encourage you to go. Some other interesting news. Uh, there's a study uh, that reports HIPAA data breach costs could top a billion dollars. Uh, report out from the Health Information Trust Alliance, which is called High Trust, covered entities and business associates who are reporting breaches of unsecured personal health information uh, affecting 500 or more individuals to the Office for Civil Rights together could spend nearly a billion dollars because of those breaches. I th- I think it's becoming more and more important in our industry, uh, you know, and we talked about it last week with Tom Dumez, to to be aware of our risk and exposure as it relates to HIPAA and the the um, breaches that could happen. And thankfully, we're, we're actually going to today talk to. Uh, Some people who who have even more to say on that particular issue. I was uh, noticing also uh, Brambles announced their financial reporting this week. And uh, interestingly enough, I dug into that financial reporting to learn about the recall division. And it looks like recall in its 2010 fiscal year did $740 million in sales. Uh, net new business, and I, I these are always interesting numbers to me because they're indicators for what's happening in our world. Net new business was $17 million. Their profit margin was 17%. Now, if you break down their, their structure or you break down their sales, you... Th- uh, Recall is doing 70% in document management fees, 20% of that revenue comes from destruction, and 10% comes from their data protection division. Man, those are interesting numbers. I, I think it's always cool to know what the numbers are, and they really help to, to give indicators of what's going on. Part of Bramble's presentation, this was to financial analysts, uh, suggests that Recall owns 6% of the total global physical document management opportunity. So 6% of that total opportunity they, they own. They're also suggesting, as they did their presentation to uh, investors, that 66% of the market is unvended. That means there is a huge opportunity, at least from recalls perspective, as they presented to the financial investors, uh, there's a huge world specifically in the physical document management space. Uh, Not so good news. A forklift um, operator fell off a dock in Kansas City at the Bannister Federal Complex leading to the death of its operator. Um, Kansas City police said the driver, 45-year-old driver, was working late at night when he got too close to the edge of a -a three-and-a-half-foot-high dock. The machine fell on the worker and apparently broke his neck, so... Uh, occupational health and safety. Uh, NARA, it looks like NARA was involved because it's their facility. And uh, apparently they're um, looking into it. Obviously, the victim was a subcontractor to NARA or the archives division there. So I I guess the the learning point from the news is uh, every time those um, forklifts are moving around, uh, those lifts of any kind, be cautious, make sure your, your staff are trained to know where to go near those docks. Finally, uh, this one is interesting. I'm not sure who's winning on this. This looks like a big windfall, but uh, State Health Department um, in uh, Kansas looks like they've um, pulled 120,000 birth and death certificates and other documents that have been trucked to Topeka from a Kansas storage facility. So whoever got that gig, man, way to go. Apparently a computer system failed August 5th at the Kansas Department of Health and the Environment, and the failure prevented the access to the records just as parents are seeking birth certificates and vaccination records for children heading back to school. Wow, that's not good. Uh, So apparently all these 120,000 birth and death certificates and related records uh, are being trucked into the the offices of uh, Health and Environment and hopefully that's helping them out. So again, whatever company got that windfall, way to go. I expect you've been busy. And finally, uh, September seems to spur a whole new round of hirings and cool people available for hiring in this industry. So you know what I was thinking uh, today, actually, is as I was preparing this, that maybe I should just add a special section to the website for opportunities and available industry people as well. So let me know if you have a job uh, opening or availability that you're looking for that's uh, maybe for a higher-level Uh, person, sales, marketing, um, someone who's probably more capable of moving or being moved, if that's of interest to you, or if you're actually someone who's looking on the marketplace and you want a present to the industry, uh, you're available, uh, then I'm going to have a spot on the rimproreport.com website where you can go and be a part of that. So, hey, I'll post those uh, connections for you on the site. And finally, let me know what's happening with your news. I am always interested, as you know, in finding out what's going on around, and I'd love to share it. If things are happening that you're interested in talking about and sharing with the rest of the industry, please send them on to me, and we'll share them. So that's it for the news. Based on the conversation I had last week with Steve Richards, I felt it appropriate to talk to some people who came from the other side of Steve's situation, uh, people who understood the insurance-related side of it. And today, I am pleased to have Brian Jungeberg and Jeff Ice uh, from Oswald Logistics on the line. Brian and Jeff, you there? We're here. Hey, thanks for being part of the show. Did I think I heard Jeff? Brian, are you there? You did. All I right. Here. Great. Hey, nice to talk to both of you. I am glad that you're here, and I think you have some formative stuff to tell us about. But before we jump into that, uh, just maybe give me a, a bit of a, an understanding of your different roles in uh, Oswald Logistics.
2: Well, I, I kind of run the Oswald Logistics show. This is Jeff, and uh, and, and and Brian is a uh, is a uh, one of our our top uh, sales folks, and. Um, We've been um, uh, working with the, uh, the rim industry for several years now, uh, had developed a, a, um, an interest in it from, uh, we had done some specialty work uh, for many years with the uh, same-day delivery industry. Oh, okay. And several of them had gotten involved in the uh, records uh, management business and encouraged us to look into it and
0: rest is history, so to speak. Very cool. And so, uh, Brian, are you actively involved working specifically in this industry, or are you also touching on other industries as well?
3: Yeah, focusing on, on the rim industry and also the same-day delivery still. Oh, okay. Um, and, and kind of how we, we split this up is on the two uh, you know, specialty products that we've developed specifically for uh, rim operators. Uh, Jeff had, has a real specialty in one, and I kind of have a specialty in the other.
0: Oh, Okay. Cool. Well, um, so you you've been involved for a while, but uh, you know the the insurance side of the equation is always tending to look at risk and exposure. And it seems to me you you guys came across or began to be aware of what I think Jeff you have termed indecent exposure. Tell me a little bit more about what you uh, see as indecent exposure in our industry.
2: Well. The, Two areas that that Brian kind of alluded to, uh, one, and I'll I'll address the one, and and then maybe Brian can address the other, uh, is the uh, the main one of the main areas from a from a property standpoint is is uh, the loss of business income, or uh, referred to as uh, business interruption. Uh, When I first got involved with the industry, uh, you know, one of the Things I would do with any industry is, is is look at it and say, okay, what's what's different about this? What's unusual? Right. And uh, in a nutshell, I can you know give you an explanation like this. It's the uh, uh, you know if you were a manufacturing operation and uh, you know you had a fire and your, part of your building was just, was damaged or destroyed and some of the equipment, um, what happens is the building gets fixed, the equipment gets New equipment gets brought in, and uh, and ideally you have business interruption insurance that pays for the time that you were down, right. uh, you know, four or five, six months, whatever. And once, the, once everything is back in place, then the business interruption insurance stops and you resume operations, and, and, and away you go. Now take the same type of scenario with a record storage facility. Um, you have a, a significant fire and uh, damage the building and, the you know, racking and so forth and stuff inside you put you put it all back together well you, you you can't just go out and you know go to your existing clientele and say hey george give me another ten thousand boxes george is going to say guess what you,
0: know, you, you they, just they burned, burned
2: them. up <laughs> so so you yeah. have to either you know you, you have to do two things you know your your existing clientele has to ramp back up and and you know you have more boxes to store or uh, you know more uh, uh, more accurately, what you have to do is go out and get new customers to right. to replace those, right. and that takes a long long time. So by you know business interruption in its standard form, just covering the period of time that your building's actually you know down, doesn't in any way shape or form do the trick, and uh, and so that was I identified that as is is certainly the the major catastrophic. Uh, potential uh, exposure for the uh, uh, the rim industry.
0: Well, because it's not just I, I I would suspect that the uh, the general consensus is that the big number is is repairing or re, you know re, getting boxes back to uh, original format. The boxes that are destroyed. You can't do anything about. It. There might be some legal liability there, but uh, a lot of times, uh, as what happened in Steve Richards' case. Uh, that that his boxes were soaking wet, and he had to deal with those, and that that's a huge part of it. But that you, what you're saying is the bigger exposure is really in in the ability to sustain revenue for the period of years it takes to get back to where you were.
2: Yeah, that's correct. And and even just what what you're talking about uh, in terms of Steve's case with the, the boxes getting soaking wet from the from the, uh, you know, from the uh, either the firefighters or the sprinkler or both. Um, you're aware, of course, that that, that all um, record storage operators have a, a customer agreement that limits their liability to something per box, and most of them, it's strictly that. I mean, they don't right. give them an option to uh, to freeze dry or restore anything. And, uh, and we've we've talked to a number of, of uh, people in the industry where they. Have a situation like that happen and a, and a large customer says to him, well, geez, you know, if you don't restore my boxes that are sitting there soaking wet, I'm going to yank them all out or I'm going to yank those plus all the other ones that are, are, aren't damaged. And uh, so then as the, uh, as the owner of the record storage operation, you've got to make a decision from a business standpoint. Do yeah. I take care of this guy and restore them at 50 bucks a box or, or, or what do I do? Yeah. And, uh, and that, that can be a dilemma and it can be very expensive.
0: Well, it's, it's a huge issue, and it's, you know, and, and I think as, as you guys are aware as well as our, you know, what we have seen over time is that, that you know, if these things go to court and, and that progresses along those pathways, uh, there is significant liability after, after something like that that can come back that, that exceeds those um, limits of liability that were, were seen to be standardized in our contracts.
2: Right, that's right, and, and uh, now I, I know that, and you're probably aware of this, Tom. That uh, there, there are, there has been a lot of discussion about uh, uh, kind of redoing the uh, the standard contract, and I believe that that Prism is is in the in the midst right now of of uh, doing that. Because yeah. one thing, again, as I observed the industry, you know, a few years ago as kind of an outsider. Um, one of the things that I, I, I saw is that in that contract it was so one sided, right? That it that created problems in and yeah. of itself. Yeah. You know, if if you give the the customer more choices, like you know, if you pay extra, you can, you know, we'll we'll agree that we'll we'll be responsible up to you know X dollars for, for uh, uh, restoration or something. Yeah. But, but hardly anybody was doing that. But I think now they they are beginning to to address that, which will, will certainly help.
0: Well, and I think as the industry uh, continues to mature and evolve and and takes on bigger, you know, with the increasing liability and risk in the marketplace now, you know, even from, you know, terms like HIPAA and um, those related things, it it continually becomes more important to have our ducks in a row in terms of our exposure. Yeah. but go, go back to uh, making sure that because in business, um, you know, this this sense of business income insurance, which is a, is a significantly bigger exposure that you're suggesting, isn't right. there some kind of extended period of indemnity that uh, we, you know, that, that is yes. often written into these kind of plans?
2: Yes, and, and some of the, the policies that we've, we've examined uh, that, are, that are out there today, um, um, quite a few of them have an extended period. Of indemnity, meaning that once the building and the, the equipment is 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 restored, uh, it, rather than cut the business income insurance off at that point, it extends for whatever whatever extended period of indemnity was purchased. Oh, okay. Um, and, and that we've seen that anywhere from you know 90 days to to uh, in some cases I've seen where it's unlimited. But but even where it's unlimited, again mm-hmm. in the standard. Uh, Business interruption, even with uh, the extended period, Um, it's still a very long, fairly complicated process. And and I suppose the way to express it is, you better get ready to have some forensic uh, CPA spending uh, camping out in your office for months uh, before that's uh, before they can actually get you know a business income claim paid. It's going to extend over a long, long period of time. It's going to it's going to be very complicated. but yes, the extended period they does help. Um, certainly, a business interruption form without that is just about worthless.
0: Yeah. So, so given given that, and you know, I I think we're all fairly uh, aware that you know you're you're in this business. You guys have obviously looked at this and said there's a better way to do this. What what have what are you bringing to the market that changes um, the the implications of this whole business income insurance?
2: Well, what what we've done is. A, a product that, it's called storage legal life or that's what we call it uh, it does there's two things the, the first part of it is, is really your, your basic warehouseman's legal liability in other words if you know whatever you're contractually agreeing to with your customers a dollar two dollars a box whatever it is that part of it deals with that right second part is is the uh, is the loss of earnings piece and um, it, it's it's very simple in fact we we kind of refer to it and, and market it as a life insurance on a box hmm. because that's exactly what you need. You, right. know, you got these boxes sitting on the shelf throwing off income. It's like an annuity there. Yep. And, and so when something happens, you want to be able to say, well, you know, I'd like to be able to insure that box for X. So if something happens to it, you know, I get my stream of income that I'm going to lose. And uh, so the product that we have is essentially uh, uh, you would determine uh, what what you want to limit per box. Right. And, you know, the average box is, you know, say five or six bucks uh, a year in, in uh, uh storage and, you know, some in and out. And um, and so you say to yourself, okay, well I'd like to protect three years of the income stream on my box. Oh, okay. So so let's say it's uh, six dollars times three, three years is eighteen dollars. And maybe fudge it up, round it up to to twenty to to make the math easy. Yeah. And uh and you have uh uh, uh, I don't know, 500,000 boxes. So 500,000 times $20 a box is is uh, is $10 million. Right. And then and you write the policy for that. Okay. And then let's say that you have a loss of, of a fairly good sized fire and you got a bunch of damage and, and uh, destruction of whatever nature to the to the boxes. Here's how simple it is. The adjuster comes in, verifies that let's say 100,000 boxes have been damaged or destroyed. You know, you go back and look at the policy, okay, we established twenty dollars a box, okay, twenty dollars times a hundred is two million dollars. Right. And uh, there would be a deductible of some sort, um, anywhere from five thousand to you know, anything you want, but let's say it's five thousand, so in this case example, you get two million less five thousand if that's the deductible, and you get a check for one million nine hundred ninety-five thousand dollars, and it's probably going to happen within a couple of weeks.
0: And that's and, and that's still what would probably be considered a rider on top of your your general liability, which would include the building burning down, et cetera.
2: Well, this yeah, it's a separate it's, but a, it's separate. a separate contract. Oh okay, uh, okay. It, 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 it's not an endorsement or a rider under the, okay. the building insurance. So we will. This is a separate
0: product. It's a whole it is, separate product. Okay, that's, yeah, it can that's be sold good separately. Okay, right,
2: right, cool. That's all. But but it, the simplicity of it is is it, it's kind of cool then because for example, in the instance where you got a guy that uh, a customer that that has these wet boxes that yeah. is a big customer and wants them freeze dried, well then the the the, the Record storage operator can say to himself, "Okay, well, I'm going to make the decision to spend 50 grand on restoring these boxes because this is a really good customer, even though my contract says I don't have to do it." Right. And uh, he's got a check for almost two million dollars in his hand very quickly that he can he can make that decision and take care of it. Um, so it's gross income, which is really kind of neat.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah. um, how, you know, and this is a. a, a you've been trying you've been pushing this in the marketplace how 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 is it going how is it being received
2: well it's being received uh, very well Good. Um, it's, it's it hasn't been out for very long um, we've uh, I, I can't tell you how many customers we got but we have a, a number of customers that have purchased it uh, initially when we came out there there was an issue with uh, the uh, the rating and the deductible and we needed to make some adjustments yeah okay which we were able to do and uh and and that's that is definitely helped and then there's a few other tweaks that we are we're, uh, we're doing we we found that uh uh the some of the larger operators have, uh, have have the greater interest and our uh the capacity the limit we were able to provide initially was uh, was a little on the low side uh only up to 10 million we we've fixed that Cool. And so now we have greater capacity. We can do it on on a blanket basis for multiple locations, and uh, at a very reasonable cost.
0: So oh, that's great. The, that's the great. Interest is, is, is good. Yeah. So, uh, Brian, you've been hanging around there. You, your, what's what's, you said that there's another element of this that you guys are also doing. Right.
3: There is. Um, excuse me. Um, we've we we started with the storage legal life product that Jeff was just explained and. As we talked through that exposure with some folks in the industry, um, our timing was impeccable because right about that time, um, high tech had come out. Right. And so everyone's um, attention had, had turned to that you know dirty two-letter word business associate. Yeah. And how it was going to affect them. Right. And so as we we talked through that, um, you know, we fielded a lot of questions and talked with a lot of folks about what's the what's the true exposure uh, based on what you're doing the work you're performing uh, whether it's simply record storage or consulting on uh, destruction cycles or actually performing destruction services hmm. you know what what do you have um, what kind of skin in the game do you have right. you know, from where you sit and are you truly a business associate and if you are or aren't how does that affect your liability? And it became very apparent that there was uh, a, a very true professional, Excuse me. Professional exposure. Right. Um, you know, think of, of malpractice insurance, and there was a, a definite need for the industry, no matter what part you were involved in, to have some coverage there. Yeah. And it wasn't just making sure you went out and got an errors and omissions or a professional liability policy. It was really making sure that the policy you got included some key language uh, about privacy breach and privacy regulations and legislation and as we we worked through that it it was apparent that there really wasn't anything that was was doing a great job of addressing those needs okay so we built one cool and it was uh it was actually a a fun process because we got to work with a lot of, of folks within the industry and get some feedback on what they were seeing in their language from customers yeah and then interpreting, okay, what does that mean to you from a, a liability exposure standpoint? Okay, and then now, how do we address that with an insurance policy? And I think where we ended up with, was a, was a very strong product um, from what I've seen, and we monitor this. and And this all came to fruition about a year ago. Yeah. So it's um, it's a constant project for us to well, monitor. And it,
0: yeah, and it must be because you know, as as you guys know very well, the uh, the, the you know Prism and are in you know, in response to the um, the new updated high tech uh, HIPAA related stuff that relates to business associates right now, so it's right. constantly evolving.
3: Yes. Yeah. It's it, it's and it's going to continue. Oh uh, yeah. In fact, you know, as much as the high tech uh, issue is a big issue and scares folks, um, if, if you look at some of the other legislation that's floating around out there, uh, it's worse. Oh yeah. Uh, it carries much stiffer penalties. Yeah. And a little, there's a little um, bill floating around now, a uh, Data Accountability and Trust Act, that takes basic privacy legislation that's been set up for you know specific industries like you know healthcare right. and even some of the financial sectors, and says, look, you know anything involving a consumer, you're on the hook for you know protecting personal information and providing certain you know notices and monitoring if there's a breach. And, by the way, here's the here's the penalty or fine. We can assess to you if, if there is a breach and you're found liable for that. Doesn't specify anywhere in there. You know, doesn't say covered entity. Doesn't say business associate. You know, if you've got consumer, you know, information, yeah, you better protect it.
0: Wow. Now, that
3: hasn't gone all the way through yet, but um, the way things are going, I've you know, i yeah. would i would bet by the end of the year we'll see some more on
0: that Well, i i think it's the thing that in our industry we're continually being pushed to be more more concerned about this instead of less I, I i think you know back when i was running a record center um you know which was not that long ago but you know in relatively 10 years ago basically we put their boxes on our shelves and pulled them back and forth and the industry just keeps pushing forward to be um you know very very concerned about security uh breach um risk all those kind of things and you know my my desire and intrigue in talking with you guys was that it seemed like you guys have, have been thinking about that from the insurance side of the the equation so very cool yeah it's a
3: it's a um it's a growing issue and i'll tell you a lot of a lot of people want to look at it and say well you know i don't want to sign a business associate addendum i don't want to sign anything accepting liability and i think at the end of the day you got to have a, a kind of a balanced approach at this you know you you may not want to give away too much yeah. but regardless of whether you sign the, that document or not yeah if the data or the the private information is in your care custody and control and you're storing it or you're transporting it and it's breached yeah you got an issue on your hands and, right. and that's um, you know it's not going to go well and, yeah. and all you're doing by signing the addendum is, is saying yeah you know yes we are and yes we agree to to help with that I think that whether you sign again whether you sign that or not you know let's take a let's take a claim example maybe that that'll help paint a better picture here um, let's say that I'm you know I'm moving a box for a, a healthcare care facility and uh, you know we lose that box out of the back of the truck yeah Next thing you know, we've got papers, you know, patient records are flying everywhere. Yes. Now, um, if I've signed the addendum, I'm now on the hook, obviously, to notify everyone involved, all potentially affected parties, and provide monitoring services. And, you know, depending on the size of the loss, do I need to report this to a, uh, a news, you know, outlet or anything like that? And there is a potential that I'm going to... Uh, be assessed a, a civil fine or penalty right. from any number of government entities. Yeah. If I didn't sign the addendum, the thought in my head is, well, you know, this isn't you know, I'm I'm a little bit responsible, but ultimately that the covered entity, the healthcare facility, you know, they'll take care of this. Well, I can tell you that if the healthcare center, yeah. or the covered entity is the one that takes care of it,
0: You'll ultimately you're
3: gonna get served with a lawsuit.
0: <laughs> exactly. So it's one still way or come another, your you're way. paying for it. Yeah, it's right? still coming your way.
3: You know, so what we did was when we when we built our, our policy for the what we call it a professional privacy liability policy because it does have the privacy breach language built into it hmm. to cover that. Yeah. Um, what we did was we we gave you the flexibility that if you purchased the product and you had that loss, regardless of whether you're a business associate by signing the addendum or you're assuming you're not, you have the capability to handle the claim at the beginning. Prevailing thought being that if you handle it from the beginning, it's going to be a much smoother claim uh, uh, adjustment and handling than if you've aggravated your client right, and, and caused them a lot of headache and time and money. So, so you're going to settle the claim quicker and easier and for less dollars than if you push it back to your client, they handle everything and then sue you to be reimbursed for the, uh, the expense of
0: it all. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's a it's a uh, it's a crazy world out there. Hey, I, I got to ask this question. Maybe more of, of Jeff because it looks like you've been around the game a little bit longer. How how do you like the rim the rim industry as a whole? I know you come from trucking and courier, and that's kind of been well, your. Yeah, business.
2: I love it. You yeah. know, if, if I wasn't doing this, I think I'd want to get into
0: that business. Oh, it's a sweet business. <laughs> it's a it's a wonderful business. But I, hey, I I really appreciate um, not, not only your. Um, you know, your willingness to talk to us today about what you're doing, but the fact that you guys, you know, had some, uh, foresight to sort of jump into this industry and develop products, uh, in the insurance industry that were supportive of, of our industry. So thanks again. I I will leave, uh, contact details for you guys on the, uh, on the rimproreport.com website so that people can access it and, um, so if you're listening to the program now and you're listening to it by a, a, your iPod or iPhone or a download, um, just go to RIMProReport.com and you'll have access to to um, both Brian and Jeff and the ability to talk to them about these programs. So, guys, thanks a lot for being here. Really appreciate it, uh, and, um, and hopefully you will continue to grow your practice as it relates to the RIM industry.
2: Well, thank you for inviting us, Tom. Uh, we enjoyed uh, being a part of it.
0: Thanks, Tom. Well, that's it today for this edition of the RIM Pro Report, the 10th edition. Thanks specifically to uh, Brian and Jeff for being a part of the show. And you can find all the information connecting dots to them at the uh, RIMProReport.com website. I also want to thank you for being a part of today. I hope you enjoyed the show, and I hope you learned lots in it. Next week, I'm excited that uh, Kathy Albertini will be chatting with her about uh, some of the things that she observes in her role in the industry. She runs Peg Groups and is a consultant to a number of companies and looks at growth in this industry and some of the factors related to that. So that'll be a great interview. Hope you can uh, catch up with us on that one. But again, thanks for being here. Really appreciate it. Glad that we can serve you. Again, if you've got any news information or you want to be a part of the show with us, please let me know. You can do that through the Rim Pro Report website. We'd be happy to talk to you. So that's it. We're gone. See you next week. Have a good one. Bye.